Real quick, uh, before we get to the top five stories today, and we got to hustle, right? Because we're out early for Coach Venable's presser. Boy, I really screwed up my top five story of the day order. Thank goodness I'm able to adjust my script on the run. What a, a professional. A story that just missed was the return of Blake Martinez. Blake Martinez. Did you read into this story at all, or did you just see that Blake Martinez was back? Because I'm not going to lie to you. Blake Martinez, a couple years ago when he retired from the Raiders, was playing well. He was playing well. He was playing a lot. I thought, dude, this guy's not bad. I like him a lot. And then he just up and retired. Up and retired in 2022. It's like, okay. And he started Blake's Breaks, which was his business of selling Pokemon cards and sports cards. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, Josh. I've got an absolute chest in my mom's garage in Wood River, Illinois, of baseball cards, and I guess it's making a comeback. So maybe I was just a few years off in my retirement plan, which was to have the Billy Ripken bleep face card. (laughs) But apparently, I I bring this all up. I'm guessing yours aren't mint condition, but carry on. Biggest disappointment of my life was whenever I had a mint condition Oral Hershiser record-breaking card that I saw on uh, what was the book that we would all get for baseball cards? Beckett. Was it the Beckett book? And I saw in the Beckett book that it was $150. And I was like, I'm selling this right now. I don't want to, and it had Oral's autograph. I got Oral's autograph on it. And that was the moment when I found out that getting a player's autograph on a baseball card actually devalues the baseball card. <laughs> oh, no. And then I found out a year later that my friend Sean Glassmeyer had actually faked Oral Hershiser's autograph on the card. So, a lot of things not coming up, Chris, in the baseball card trading Boy, world. Boy, uh, your buddy really cost you a buck fifty there. He did. He did. Buck um, fifty back then, you could have retired. But Blake Martinez sold his cards on something called Whatnot. Not familiar with it. In August, though, he was permanently removed from the site and accused of scamming buyers. Oh, no. After a comprehensive investigation into Blake's Breaks operations, we have decided to permanently remove the seller from our platform. So Blake Martinez is looking around and is like, ah, I can't sell cards. I can't scam nerds anymore, so let's go back to playing football. Guess I'm going to have to go earn a paycheck again. <laughs> An I honest mean, living. Literally, he was scamming nerds. I mean, has anybody filed a suit against him or anything? I think that's why he's coming back to football. And then, and then there was this. Uh, Craig, I, I had no idea that David Ross was like fired. I completely missed that somewhere. And Craig Council was hired as the manager of the Chicago Cubs yesterday. Uh, and I guess this all happened in like the span of of a couple hours. Man, that's crazy that. It's better to hire somebody that has, I don't know, managerial experience. I know, right? <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Who would have thought that it actually matters to have managed a little bit of baseball to be good at this? Crazy, right? Uh, the council who led the Brewers to five playoff appearances and three NL Central titles in the last six years uh, had his contract expire at the end of the season. And he was expected to remain with the Brewers, but they wouldn't match his five-year deal worth $40 million. They didn't want to pay him eight per, huh? I guess not. 
So there's two stories that didn't make the top five. Here we go with the top five stories of the day presented by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. All right, Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107, 14 table games, newcastlecasino.com, OTB, happy hour at the Front Row Sports Bar and Grill. They got you covered at Newcastle Casino. Big story number five. Number five. So yesterday, I mean, I know Jim Harbaugh has done post-game press conferences and things of that nature, but yesterday Jim Harbaugh seemed to speak out as much as he could on the sign-stealing accusations. Here's what he said. Nobody uh, wants criticism or, you know, and that's why I work so hard to do everything right, you know, both uh, on and off the field. Been that way for a long time, you know, since – since I was 22 years old, uh, but if it if the criticism is directed me and not on my adolescent kids at home or the players on the football team, then I'm okay with it. Well, the Big Ten, uh, the Big Ten formally notified Michigan that it could be facing disciplinary action from the league. It was a letter that was sent part of the Big Ten sportsmanship's policy, which requires a notice of disciplinary action. In the event, it becomes clear that an institution is likely to be subjected to disciplinary actions. Is this like getting served with the divorce papers before the divorce becomes official? It sure seems like it. Um, The Big Ten's letter alludes to evidence of the illegal sign stealing, which compromised competitive integrity and other principles of the sportsmanship policy. I'm surprised the Ohio State side of this hasn't become a bigger deal yet, but I'm sure it will. Why is that a big deal, that they're the whistleblower? I, I mean, guess so. I guess so. Shocker. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what a surprise. There's nothing, there's nothing that they've done. Well, I guess there is this <laughs> – I don't know if it's fan fiction or what, but they've got these theories now where they had Ohio State people who had hacked into the Michigan uh, – the Michigan computer network to find evidence. Which would be it. a legal activity, I guess. Which, by right? the way, and I am still, while everyone's like, who who turned Michigan in? Who turned Michigan in? My understanding and the way that it had always been reported from insiders is it had nothing to do with anyone turning them in. When the FBI was investigating the offensive coordinator, the offensive coach for computer crimes and cyber crimes, they unearthed this and send it off to the NCAA or to the independent investigators. So that's my understanding. That's when they found the manifesto? That's when they found the Michigan Man manifesto. So we shall wait. Meanwhile, uh, official Alex Grinch out at USC. We didn't talk about it too much yesterday. I don't ever want to celebrate anyone getting fired. No. Ever, ever. Alex was always really good to us. Sure um, he was. And I think he might be better off in the long run for this. I really do. Brian Odom is taking over as their DC, so we – we root for Brian. What Hope do you think? Well. What do you think about the Travis Davidson hot take that he'll wind up a better head coach down the road than he was at DC? Alex Grinch. That's Travis's take. Yeah. Interesting. We talked with Coach Grinch a lot. About I mean, he's got a long ways to go now. Well, now you back up now you got to start climbing your way back up, man. Yeah. Now you got to start working your way back up. I I don't know that it's going to happen. I, I I do think he has some of those qualities. We said right. that when he was here. But, uh, I mean, you're back to – well, it could happen. I mean, we've – right? I mean, 
probably when Hypo left here, a lot of people were like, well, that's the end of one coaching career. And then he resurrected it, and it's been great since. I think Manny Diaz is the best example of a guy who went to a major place, failed, and has rebuilt his resume. I mean, Bobby Petrino is the offensive coordinator at Texas A&M, peeps. Now, <laughs> some would say it hasn't gone great. But, you know, I'm just saying, he's, he's well-respected. He'll get another opportunity, but he's going to have to go somewhere and rebuild it, like Tulsa. By the way, speaking Nebraska of, would be a good spot for him. Yeah, like just a line, like DB's coach or linebacker's coach or something like that. Send him off to Minnesota. All right, where are we? Are we number four? Are we number four right now? I think we're number four. Number, number four. four. Texas is also a good landing spot. Boy, that would be hilarious. Get uh, rid of and bring him in. Oh, no. Oh, gosh, I've got Lincoln Riley audio. Let's just not do that today. All right, last night, Monday night football, uh, it was not pretty. But there is at least one electric play. So let's see if Darius Davis can get something going here in the punt return game. He and Xavier Gibson, two of the best in the league this season on the field tonight. And this is returnable. This is Absolutely. low. And he has fielded it at the 13. Sets up his blockers, running left to right. There we go. Darius Davis, 35, 40. Turn on the Jets, Darius. 40, 30, 20, 10. Darius Davis. House call, touchdown, Chargers. I like. 87 yards, no flags. I like Matt Money Smith a lot. I think he's the worst play-by-play guy in the NFL. <laughs> it's just he doesn't have the sound. He's a he's a guy like a, he's a radio guy. Uh, and Daniel Jeremiah is awesome. Anyway, that has nothing to do with the Chargers winning 27-6 to last night. Returnable. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> where was, was the, where was my 10-5 touchdown Los was Angeles? There any, was there anything else in the NFL yesterday? Uh, we all love Joshua Dobbs now. Oh, here's this was good. Have you been given any assurances from ownership about your job status for the rest of the season? Yeah, my focus is on getting ready for the Colts. Do you personally believe that you could be coaching for your job this week against the Colts? I'm going to control what I can control. I'm going to get ready for the Colts. Whoa. Do you feel like Super Bowls are meaningless, Bill? Dude, if they fire him in season? Oh, it'd be awesome. But he's got a contract extension. And the and why would you fire him when Washington is talking about wanting to trade for him? Yeah, you, you're not going to get rid of Belichick. I, you do need to retool and get rid of Mac Jones sure. and move on. Obviously, they're not good enough there. Is Mac Jones one of those guys in like five years from now? He's somewhere like San Francisco and just thriving. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think he's very good. <laughs> if you can't succeed with Belichick in New England, I don't think you're succeeding anywhere. Now, granted, again, a lot of people are going to maybe make the point that, okay, well, this is Belichick again, minus Brady. And so if you don't have Brady, which novel concept, right? You don't have a Hall of Fame, maybe the greatest quarterback of all time. You're not as good of a coach. That's shocking how that works, right? Um well, they're just not that good of a coach. I'm like, but does it mean they're just not that good of a coach? I mean, did that player win a title every other year they weren't with them? I mean, I I don't know. All right, big story number – oh, did we just get interrupted by a EAS alert? It would appear so. Well, let's get to big story number three then quickly. Number three. <laughs> Last night, the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, roared. Jay. 
Working back of a home group, big double on the right wing. Dances baseline, leans in, and banks home a tough seven-footer. Again, got hit without a whistle, but Shea's got it working now to the tune of a team-high 19 points. Uh, 126-117, SGA finishes with 30, a dirty 30. Thunder over 500. They hand the Hawks a loss. Rough night for Trey Young. I mean, he finished with 22, but 5 of 18 shooting, 1 of 5 from beyond the three-point line. Uh, Thunder shot the ball well. Atlanta did not. Thunder struggled a little bit with turnovers, but not to the degree that they did against Golden State. And now they get Cleveland coming up tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. In OKC, by the way. And they've already beaten Cleveland this year. Anything else for the NBA last night? Oh, you know what we didn't get to talk about? The Trey Young Center. The Trey Young Center. Is that what they're going to name? O- the- Opening open up. Yeah, Trey was over there on, uh, I think, Sunday for the uh, – The Young Family Athletic Center. That's right. I didn't know that they were already opening. I, I don't think that it's open yet, but it was, you know, because he was in town. No, I, I think they renamed that road over there, didn't they? Yeah, so that was that was cool. Do you know what's significant about the day we cut the ribbon or put the uh, – sh- um, not cut the ribbon – when they put shovels in the ground and they moved dirt. It broke ground? Yep. That was the same day that Oklahoma announced – or it was announced and leaked that Oklahoma was going to the SEC. No kidding. That's when the Houston you know, Chronicle report yeah, happened? Yeah, because they, they broke ground, and we were out there all morning, you know, at the celebration. Joe C. was there. Zach Selman was there. And I literally drove away. And as soon as I picked up my phone, that's when it hit. Speaking of whistleblowers, I give you Texas A&M. Yeah, exactly. Um, did you like the – Mid-season tournament stuff Friday night? I'll confess to having been a little bit too – Oh, you were doing high school football. Yeah, okay. I didn't get to consume a lot of it. So I what lived did it. you think? I lived it. I liked it. Uh, the, the court thing is different. As long as guys aren't slipping all around and breaking ankles, and I'm fine with it. It's just I I kind of dig – kind of dig making it seem like it's something completely different whenever you're like, this is just a regular season basketball. Game. Yeah, I just <laughs> – for me, it's – it's tough for me to wrap my brain around the idea that I'm going to care right, about exactly. this in-season tournament. All right, big story number two. Number two. Speaking of hoops, Javon McCollum and Otega Owe led the Sooners to an 89-59 win over Central Michigan last night in the season opener for the Sooners. McCollum finished with 19 points. Owe finished with 18 um, Oklahoma shot 56% from the field, and I know that this is going to sound shocking, but look incredibly more athletic than I think I've seen us a Porter Moser crew look. He's done a really nice job in the portal. Central Michigan was terrible. Now the Sooners will get back in action. And, uh, gosh, they're not really messing around here in the early season, are they? So they get the win over Central Michigan last night, and then they will turn around and play Friday against Mississippi Valley State at 7, and then turn around and play Tuesday against Texas State. So a three game, three games in the span of eight days for the Sooners to keep them busy, and then Texas Rio Grande Valley a week from Friday on the seventeenth. Nice little start. What did you get to watch much of it last night? I watched I a little bit. I, I'm going to uh, do a full deep dive and get to like really sink my teeth in it on a rewatch this afternoon. But what I saw, obviously, I liked, and you know. You see an early dunk in a game was nice yeah. to see, right? We heard about the athleticism, so I think they're improved. Obviously, we need more information, but uh, it's fun to watch basketball back. Uh, and on the women's side of things, OU and 
Peyton Verholst looked impressive. 92-68 in their season opener, a win over Wichita State. Slow start, but they figured it out. They did. They were all up by one at the end of the first quarter. Uh, Peyton Verholst made her OU debut and tied her career high with 16 points. Aubrey Jones led the way with 19. OU is now 15-0 and in non-conference home games in the regular season under Ginny Baranchek. OU takes on Mississippi State on Thursday. Are they supposed to be any good? I don't know. That's a, That, Josh, is a good-looking question. They're a top-10 team. Well, actually, they're like number they, 12. I feel like maybe they beat LSU last year. They're 12th overall in the preseason polls. That'll be Thursday night in Oxford. Okay, so they're good. And then they turn around and play Sunday against ORU. How about that? All right, um, where are we? Big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. And, of course, big story number one is OU football getting set for West Virginia and our continued reaction to Bedlam. So there's about yeah, 10, 15 minutes and all the other stories in sports. When we come back, we'll get you ready for the Brent Venables press conference right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. We got a lot to get to in five minutes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Gia, it's been one of the best and one of the worst additions to the, the Plank Show because I, I get to skirt out a little bit early. You get to skirt out a little bit early, too, but then I also realize we leave a lot on the bone. We leave a lot of meat on the bone. Wasn't that what Tashar Choice said one time about the, the runs for the Dallas Cowboys and he was taking a shot at, like, DeMarco Murray? Left a lot of meat on the bone. <laughs> That's a that's a brave, bold strategy to go after DeMarco when you're Tashard Choice. By the way, I do think I'm not sure, but I guess there was quite a bit of from one sideline to the other back and forth between those two during the OU Texas game. I guess so. Interesting. So there's uh they feel some kind of way about one another. <laughs> Someone asked, hey, Plank, were you the Chris from Washington whose question got read last night? No, but then I started to read the question and I was like I don't think this is the question is is worded the way that it should be. So I kind of stumbled and stammered over it, but we got there. Though that would be brilliant, right? Hey, there's a lot of Chris's from Washington. All right. Chris Wilkerson, Chris Plank. Y'all need to chill out now. Blank accusing me of asking the questions I want answered. I saw the Cody Nagel tweet from the Lincoln Riley press conference, and I saw Parker's retweet of it. I don't think it's real. I don't think it's real. I don't think there's any way that can be a real tweet slash comment. You want me to read it to you real quick? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Lincoln Riley was asked Monday on what he's learned about what it takes to have a successful defense. Let me see if I have this. I told you I wasn't going to play the audio here, but let me see what this sounds like here. Because I do have some Lincoln audio for the show today, and I know how I know how Steely always loves to have a little Lincoln audio. Um, let's see. Here we go. What was it that finally necessitated the decision in, in your mind to let Alex go? Uh, yeah, what's what's the game? Uh, Saturday night, slept on it. You know, thought about it a lot throughout the night. Didn't sleep much. Thought about it a little bit more Sunday morning, and and uh, just felt like uh, it was the best interest of our our program, uh, both for both for this year uh, because we still have a lot to play for. We, we still have a really cool opportunity in front of us, um, and for the future that. Uh, that we needed to make the change. You know, we simply weren't making the progress uh, I think that we that we all expected that we would make. 
let me see if this one's better. Was this a decision that came primarily from within the football program? Was there input from a from a athletic department standpoint? Did it come from you specifically? It was my decision. Watch the game Saturday night. Oh, no, okay, that's it. Here's, okay, that's not the quote. Here's the quote, right? I know what it looks like. I know what the change can look like. And like I said, ironically, Alex was a huge part of that. I mean, I watched the defense that when we took over at OU, that it was not the strength of the program. And then I watched in a matter of several months, it became the strength of the program. And the chief reason why the last three years – the majority of those wins came on the heels of how well we played defensively. <laughs> Is my man confused with what's going on the last year here? Did we watch the same seasons? I mean, there's no doubt that the defense had played well for the Sooners in games. Sure, and made some big plays at times. But, I mean, you want to you try to say the defense became the strength of the program while you were here, here? Right. Definitely not what they were defined by. I vehemently disagree. And I don't try to fight too terribly much with narratives, but. Well, and, you know, we're not trying to be insulting to guys that came here and paid their dues. And, sure. And worked hard to try and help Oklahoma win games. But, I mean, come on. I don't know what to say to that. I, I really don't. In fact, it's, it's almost enraging. <laughs> Someone asked me the other day, it's like, why do why do people still get so mad at Lincoln Riley about things at Oklahoma? And I said, because he keeps saying stupid stuff. That's why. Oh, you need to let it go, Oklahoma. Okay, fine, we're moving on. And then something will be said. And it's just it triggers a whole other reaction. I mean, that's just not true. <laughs> That's just not – that's not reality. And initially, Alex Grinch did some good things, but sure. over time, it yeah, it wasn't great. All right, hey, we got to go. Uh, Brent Venables is coming up right now live from the east side of Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. We'll be back tomorrow with a full three hours. I'm going to reach out to Eric Bailey, talk a little OU football, and we'll start learning about West Virginia right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Let's get BV. Live right here on The Ref.